This episode of Ready or Not is sponsored by Our Pilates, an online Pilates platform created to help you feel good about moving your body. Designed by physiotherapist and new mum Han McKim, the pre- and postnatal classes focus on all areas that mums and mums-to-be need most. Han filmed these classes throughout her own pregnancy so that she can help strengthen, lengthen and support you through yours. As a special offer to listeners of Ready or Not, our Pilates founders Brooke Hogan and Han McKim are offering 14 days free of charge to help you kickstart your Pilates routine. Simply use the coupon Ready or Not when you sign up to redeem this offer. I grew up in an era where you fitted your family life around your career life. Today, I lead teams and colleagues that you fit work around your family life. I am yet to see any working woman that is less productive today because she's had one, two, three multiple children than she was when she had no children. Show me one. When former First Lady Michelle Obama was on a book tour for Becoming, she famously swore in a candid, off-the-cuff moment. She caught herself off guard, but the crowd went wild as she shared a sentiment so many of us feel so deeply. Now, I won't deliver this as coolly as Obama did, but this is what she said. I tell women, that whole you can have it all? Nope, not at the same time, that's a lie. And it's not always enough to lean in because that shit doesn't work. It's a sentiment that Chief Commercial Officer Danica Johnston agrees with. Nobody has it all. You cannot have an incredible career without sacrificing something else. Thinking that you can do all those things and be at the top of your game in every aspect of your life, um, I just think overinflates expectations of all. I know it did for me. With over 25 years' experience in the media industry, working for the likes of Channel 10, Nova Entertainment, Mamma Mia, SBS, TikTok, and now We Are Eight, the mother of three has had her fair share of experiences when it comes to navigating having it all, whatever that is. She's also in her mid-40s, and her parenting journey began 12 years ago, when mothers mostly felt like they couldn't even talk about the challenges of making work work. Here, we talk the regret of going back to work earlier than she would have liked in the days of zero flexibility, why nobody has it all, and why you have to make all parts of your life work together, not with friction. I'm Lucinda, this is Ready or Not, and here is the frank and fantastic Danica Johnston. Danica, thank you so much for being here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Could you please start by introducing yourself and your family? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. Uh, I, I'm Danica Johnston and I'm 45 years of age. I have a wonderful husband and I have wonderful, uh, three wonderful sons. Uh, they're hectic. They're nonstop, <laughs> no off button with boys whatsoever. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I have three boys. So uh, Larson's 11, Felix is nine, and Eddie, our youngest, is five. And that's the Johnston family. Keeping you nice and busy. So you've been in the media industry for 25 years. You've worked at some really big brands like TikTok, 
you've worked at SBS, Mamma Mia, the list goes on. Before we get into your career trajectory, can you tell us about 18-year-old Danica cutting her teeth in the media industry? Yeah, I can. I loved 18-year-old Danica cutting her teeth in the media industry, actually. Uh, I look fondly back at that. My, my story is interesting. I finished year 12. Uh, I didn't do all that well in, um, mm-hmm. we called it, the T- I'm a Perth girl, so we called it TEE over there, or HSC, whatever you want to call it. I repeated um, and got a university placement and I was about to start my arts degree, like every other person, um, specialising in communications because I actually really wanted to be a journalist. Like that's the part that I was on. And so I got my university placement, um, I think it was about a month before I was start, uh, supposed to start uni. I remember flicking through the newspaper, that's how old I am, so when you look for jobs in the classified section. It's hard to imagine that it? now, isn't it? That's hilarious. I know. And let me tell you, it was a little mono ad, 10 by 2. I've still got it, right? It was this tiny oh, little ad. Awesome. Um, and I was 18. Yeah, I was 18 and a half, I think. And it was advertising for a media assistant at a media agency, an advertising agency. I didn't even know what that was. I just saw advertising agency, media, and I thought, oh my God, this sounds amazing. Obviously I was thinking about being a journalist. So I put advertising and media and all these things together. I actually really didn't even understand what the role was. I applied for the role Fast forward, I got the role. I was 18 and a half years of age and I was a media assistant at an advertising agency in Perth and I just thought it was the best thing ever. And uh, I said to mum and dad, uni is on pause. I've got a job. Like I'm getting dressed up every day and I'm going. I'm on the payroll. Yeah, I'm on the payroll. (laughs) And my first job, I got paid $18,000 a year and I just thought it was the most amazing thing ever. And that's the start of my career. That's so good. I love that. I actually, on reflection, always wish that I went straight into the media industry rather than going to uni. So I love that you did that and that worked out for you. Tell us a bit about how your career unfolded after that. Yeah. Uh, I've had a wonderful career. I, I Honestly, I always tell anybody that I feel very privileged in the career that I've had. Uh, I've worked hard like everybody does, but I've had a wonderful ride with it. So Started in an advertising agency, really understood how advertising and media and production and works uh, worked, and it was incredible. Like eyes wide open, um, worked so hard, you know, like like back in the day, advertising agencies, like it wasn't uncommon for us to still be in the office at 10 o'clock at night time thing. So I learned the work, work ethic really well, I think, back then. Uh, did that for a couple of years. Then I got a job at Channel 10 in Perth. So again, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm off to work for a TV network. Incredible. Uh, still some of those people are my friends to date. Uh, transferred to Channel 10 in Melbourne. Um, so grew up in TV pretty much in the era of TV. It was pretty exciting. Um, wonderful career. Somewhere in there, I went to London for a year with my best mates and lived uh, and worked in London um, and had too much fun, but worked in publishing. I came back to Channel 10, finished at Channel 10, moved to radio um, at some point. So I'm probably 26 at this stage. I, yeah, maybe younger, 24, 25, I don't know. And then had 10 wonderful years in radio 
uh, in Melbourne and Sydney, back to Melbourne and back to Sydney. What um, sort of radio. roles are we talking within that industry? Yeah. So sales and marketing. So um, awesome. and I kind of left that organisation being the head of commercial in their, in their Sydney operation. Um, I look back at that time, I was a I was very young with a big mm-hmm. responsibility. That's so many um, years' experience under your belt already. It's quite amazing to think well, you started at eighteen. <laughs> you'd already you'd already had seven years by the time you got there. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, I started young, right? Yeah. And instead of going to university, I chose corporate life. And to be honest, for me, it's paid off, and I've never looked mm-hmm. back. Um, so, ten years in radio, which I loved. The last couple of years were a bit hairy because I was juggling small babies and a really big mm. job, um, had baby number three, went to a content agency there for a while, went to Mamma Mia, uh, did a couple of years with uh, Mia and the team at Mamma Mia, SBS, did their whole uh, digital strategy and then TikTok for a couple of years and now I'm at We Are Ray and that's really me. Amazing. What an exciting career. I literally feel excited as you go through that. <laughs> What a huge career. So then at some stage you decide that you'd like to become a parent. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about that first from the career point of view of making that decision and how that sat with you? I'll be really honest with you. I was terrified, a hundred percent terrified. I, uh, Steve and I got married when we were 34, uh, so probably later in life. I don't know, whatever version of late or early that is. Mm. Um, I'd had a really successful career. So we got married. Um, I'd just always been in the corporate arena and 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 kind of watching my career, you know, go go north. Um, and I loved that. And then all of a sudden we're married, happily married, and we're like, well, we want to start a family, 100 percent we do. Um, and I have to tell you, uh the training wheels were on. I, I was terrified. Mm. You know, what did that mean for me? Like, do you stop your career, have a baby and then start again? Um, There were lots of variables. I never really had a great mentor in this space, which I hugely regret saying, go for it. Do both. This is what women do. You don't stop and start your career just to have babies. It has to run congruent to each other and it has to be seamless. I didn't have that experience. So naturally, stopping a big job and all the bells and whistles of that to have a baby and literally stop uh, absolutely terrified me and I had no idea what I was doing. So then how did you go about telling your boss you were pregnant and what did maternity leave look like for you? Yeah, Uh, so many regrets for me looking back, right? Um, Maternity leave for me was rushed. Um, It was beautiful when I was in it. I mean, I've got this beautiful baby, you know, and first time rookie mom and you're learning on the job, literally learning on the job. I had a really wonderful supportive husband. My mum actually uh, moved from Perth to come and live in Sydney with us and help me look after our little one. Um, so it was beautiful because I really enjoyed being a mum and something's just so different and naturally I'm maternal like most women were. So it was beautiful, but I have to tell you it was really rushed because I left um, my little fella uh, in the care of my mum. So I went back to work when he was six and a half months old. Mm. I regret that. He was tiny. He was this tiny little thing. But for me, I didn't feel like I had an option, right? I didn't know that there was choice. I just, I always felt like my job was on the line. Um, I wouldn't have a job when I got back. I mean, this was, you know, 12 years ago. Um, So I loved being a mum. 
but I was terrified of the return from work and just this notion of being, you just got to quickly enjoy motherhood and maternity leave because you've got to get back to your job. And life has to go back to the, how it was, except you've got this small little person. So for me, uh, I was terrified. I'm very honest about that. I genuinely had a lot of fear. Um, he was six and a half months old. I didn't want to mm. leave him, but I had to because my job kind of my work and my bit the organization that I worked for was like, well, you've got to come back and do your thing if you want to, you know, if you don't want to be left out. It's such a tricky one, isn't it? And I can't even imagine 12 years ago because the world's moving towards a more positive sort of space, I guess, now, even though there's still so much work to do. Can you tell us a bit about the lead up to returning to work and then any stories around actually returning to work? Were you breastfeeding at the time? Absolutely. I've got some horror stories, right? I, I, I returned to work, uh, Larson was six and a half months old. I was lactating like mm. <laughs> I had so much <laughs> breast milk. So I remember getting up in the mornings and I would, you know, you'd do all the things, you'd pump, 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 and I'd leave Larson and my mum bottles of milk or whatever. But, I mean, I was, you know, I was one of the lucky ones. I was abundant with milk. So I would get to work and, honestly, by mid-morning, my boobs mm-hmm. were enormous. And uh, I was also in excruciating amounts of pain. I had to hide that. Like quite often I tell these stories, I was either in the women's toilets, secretly pumping in a cubicle. I often went downstairs uh, to the car park in my car and pumped milk there and then quickly secretly kind of packaged it up in lunch boxes and put it in the staff fridge. I mean, I th- and I, and it's not even funny because I look back at that and I go, really? That was, um, really, that's only 12 years ago. I'm so grateful yeah. for change. I'm so grateful women can work from home mm. and hold down big jobs these days. But for me, I, I just remember going, is this what it's like? Is this, am I supposed to be breast pumping milk in my car, in a car park and, um, and then some days, you know, I'd have to race home to feed, breastfeed my little fella and my mum would be standing at the door with him just so I could have relief and I'd have to lie about where I was and, you know, pretend that I was meeting. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm very grateful that today, fast forward, and I really hope it's much easier for women than I found it back then. So how did you feel getting out the door each morning? Did, was there a bit of a turning point where you were ever like, this is just how it is and I feel better? Did it coincide with maybe when you stopped breastfeeding when it started to get easier? Or how did you actually feel leaving for work each day? I think, it, do you know what? I don't know that it ever does get easier. I mean, I used to leave the my house every morning guilt-ridden, I'd get in my car, drive to work, I'd have tears coming down my face, I'd be on the phone to my mom. She's she'd be like, don't worry, I've got him, he's in good care. I just think, uh, you know, obviously guilt. Uh, guilt is a huge emotion that plays here. Exhaustion, so you overlay guilt and exhaustion and physical and mental, all of those things. And, I and just, it's not just the guilt of sleeping less. It's uh, Sorry, it's not just the exhaustion of sleeping less. It's the exhaustion of the guilt too. So it's all of the And working. Right. And and I always found that thing. So I'd be in my car and I'd be I'd be feeling all sad and whatever. And then I'd rock up to my car park every morning and then you just have to switch into corporate Danica and I'm okay. And no, you've got this and go into, you know, almost this robotic like second person. Um and I think that takes time to get used to. So I I think like everyone, I felt all the emotions. Um, 
And there were really four days out of five days that I went, I'd just love to be at home with my little fella. It was, mm-hmm. um, but you had to pretend that you really wanted to be in the office from 7.30 in the morning till 6 o'clock at nine, and that was your baby. So there was, a, I think there's lots of role playing for women. There's lots of, you know, veneers that go on. And I, and I look back and I think, yeah, you have to switch out your characters you have to be corporate Danica, money Danica, loving Danica and all those things. It's exhausting. And pretending not to be sad Danica and pretending yeah. not to be stressed Danica. Absolutely. I mean, I I mean, it was just not an option. You weren't allowed to show any of that mm-hmm. in my day. It just, and and it was probably the opposite. You know, mm-hmm. some of my bosses were, uh, were women and it, there was this just thing to be stoic and brave mm-hmm. and tough. And so your colleagues that were working mothers, potentially, it wasn't even this thing where you had this open line of communication about how you were all feeling. I was, at, when I had my first, I I was the only one with a baby the, in wow. my cohort of colleagues, right? So at older women, some my other colleagues had older children, whatever, but there was mm. no, I wasn't, I didn't have a, a you know, a wolf pack to kind of talk mm. about this and bounce it around. I was, I felt very isolated and like I had to figure this out myself. Um, I think the timing of that was just bad for me. I just mm. for whatever reason, I was kind of going through that baby stage by myself. And I don't know, and there wasn't this, you didn't talk about it. Like, you know, like this is venting and banter and um, venting in a good way. I mean, like this, you know, like leaning on each other, you just, I don't know. And content wasn't as big a thing in terms of the way it's accessible today. So you couldn't get on Instagram and feel less alone. Podcasts didn't exist when Mm -hmm. I was having my babies. You know what I mean? And like just, and I just think this um, brevity of women just talking about it and leaning on each other, it literally, I don't remember growing up and having babies with a big career where that, you you just didn't do it. It wasn't water cooler talk or, you know, in the staff kitchen, you know, Nobody ever said, oh, my God, Danica, you look absolutely exhausted. Are you okay? You know, um, and you'd go, oh, my God, I'm so glad you said that because I've had two and a half hours sleep. You just talk about it. Um, and that's not healthy. No, it's not. And it's not sustainable either. But then you do go on to have two more kids while holding these huge senior roles in media, which is a fast-paced, high-pressure industry. Were there any learnings from that first postpartum and return to work that you're able to take into the others? Did they run any smoother or is it just a work in progress? I think it's a work in progress. Um, I promised myself and my second baby that I wouldn't rush back like I did for the mm-hmm. first one. Even if I was feeling those things, well, you've got to come back because, you know, who's going to do your job? So I had 11 months with Felix, who's my second. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. So I had two really small um, little ones. Um so I think that was me. That was me fine-tuning the process and go, and putting boundaries around what I would and wouldn't um, accept. Mm. And, yeah, I think probably for me it was like you, you get better at going, well, no, I am, I am going to take 11 months actually. I'm going to do that for me and my little fellas and I'm going to enjoy it. Um, and I think I was better the second time round of actually switching off, like literally leaving work where it was, um, switching off. And mm. actually enjoying motherhood. So, and I just had to go through it and get the bad learnings of it to be able to like produce anything. positive outcomes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think um, definitely better, you know, self taught at boundary setting, um, mm. switching off and enjoying having babies and 
less of that fear of returning to work. And I always say it. I always say it to um, working mums, be mm. kind to yourself. And I think I got better at that every baby I had. And I guess you can't learn what you don't know. So that does make a lot of sense. And self-compassion is a theme that's coming up a lot in these interviews. So I'm glad that you touched on that. So your husband is a very hands-on dad, always was a very supportive husband and father. Tell yeah. me a bit about the culture of that in those days and how maybe your colleagues perceived a dad that was so present and so 50-50 with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, I mean, paternity leave didn't exist back mm-hmm. then. Um, we made it work, whatever. We just, we, we made it work. We, we used to talk about, you know, I did, you know, the Sheryl Sandberg where you do everything 50-50 and honestly, Mm. still to this day, we do everything 50-50. I don't think you can raise three, and he's got a big career as well. So I'm lucky um, that hands-on dad, loving dad, um, but yeah, like there are mornings where he'd have to help me out. Like if I had an early start or whatever, and he'd have to get the, to the office at nine o'clock. Um, you know, we normally were in the office at seven thirty or eight. I mean, that was foreign back then. So he was breaking boundaries even back then. He probably doesn't even realise that. But you, you have to survive, and you have to coexist, and you have to do this together. But was it a supportive, you know, environment for dads back then? No, you know, like so it be it. Childcare pickups and drop offs, I imagine, and sometimes be the only dad. Sometimes, yeah, hundred mm. percent. And the last dad to pick um, our kids up because mm. you know his dad's coming from the office like I was and whatever. So, um, I mean, gosh, you know, when I take our little fella Eddie to daycare or preschool today, it's so different. There's dads everywhere. It must be such a breath of fresh air. You know, I, I honestly say this: COVID was not good for anything except working parents and the flexibility that you can do your job with kids, with family, and you can do your job mm. anywhere and not necessarily from 8.30 to 5, 5.30 every day. And and I see that literally in the schoolyard. I see that when we're picking up our kids from multiple different places, mums and dads everywhere. And I just, I love it. And it's such an observation for me because it's it's not how it was when I was raising, when we were raising babies. And we sort of, I guess we focus a lot on those early days of parenting as a working parent, but you're still a mother of three that's working in these really high powered jobs. How does motherhood alongside work look for you these days? Yeah. Do you know, um, I was actually just saying to a colleague of mine this morning, who's like literally just started with us, uh, day two, and she's got two small babies. And I said, this is my view on the world. I grew up in an era where you fitted your family life around your career life. Mm. Today, I lead teams and colleagues that you fit work around your family life because when you flip it and re-engineer the the thinking and execution Mm. of that, that's when the two coexist really nicely together. Um, And it's exactly that. The older and wiser that I've got and the more logistics that play out the more kids we had there was more logistics you know like it's just it's chaos it's actually controlled chaos but um you know I work from home when I need to I will do drop-offs and pickups you know this morning it was our little fella's last day at preschool ever so I took him this morning with no guilt attached whatsoever but when I was raising babies the thought of take being at you know taking my little fella Mm -hmm. to something in the morning that I probably should have had a 
meeting over the top of it and getting to the office at 9.30, it just did not exist back then. I know it sounds ridiculous and prehistoric, but I just am so grateful that people's perceptions and culture, mm. uh, corporate culture has shifted so much and we have COVID to thank for that. Mm. And um, you make both parts of your life, being your family and your career, work together, not against each other, not with friction, but you make them work together. And that's the biggest difference that I have today, uh, as opposed to 11 and a half years ago when um, I was a first time mum. What would you want perhaps less progressive directors, business owners, industries to know about working mothers and working parents? It seems that they're some of the most efficient people you'll ever meet. What would you want to tell someone that would be hesitant to hire a working mum? I would say... It's 2022. Uh, the productivity of women, I think, and I have no data to back me up. I just <laughs> I'll try to find some for us. <laughs> this is my hypothesis in life. I am yet to see any working woman that is less productive today because she's had one, two, three multiple children than she was when she had no children. Show me one. You know, the thing that, uh, and and I, and I don't even put mum, uh, working parents, mums and dads, right? Because my husband's the same, you know, like the engineering you have to put into your everyday existence on getting everything right, getting the kids right, getting your meetings right, getting your job right. I mean, geez, we're productive human beings. Yeah. So anybody that challenged me that a woman or a, or a dad as a parent can't be productive by having a career and kids at the same time, I would invite that person to come and arrive at my house at 6.45 every morning and see what goes on and the logistics behind the scenes that happens before about 7.52 a.m. And then DJ gets to work and she's on and then she comes <laughs> home, you know what I mean? Like come and, come and live a day in the life of uh, mm. would be my uh, answer to that. I would literally tell them to come and spend a day or a week with me in the Johnston mm. family and actually have a look how working women and dads do it. Well said. And as you said, it is chaos, maybe organised chaos, but chaos nonetheless. How do you set boundaries and manage or avoid burnout? Yeah. Oh, am I the best at that? Probably not. Mm. Um, I think Boundaries is a good one because boundaries for me is never saying no to a kid's thing. Mm. So if I have a, a a school engagement, like if it's my child getting an award or the swimming carnival, whether I'm there for five minutes or an hour, I'll make sure that I can't do everything, right? You, mm. you literally can't be at everything, but mm. I make an effort. That's really no. good advice, though, even just being there for five minutes at the drop-off and saying, go well today. I did it last Friday, right? Mm. My my middle fella, Felix, had his swimming carnival. Swimming's kind of his thing at the moment. He loves it. I spoke to the school. I figured out exactly what time his race was going to be on, and I fitted my meetings around the swimming race so I could quickly go to the swimming carnival, watch him in the race. He won a little, he got third, oh, I think. Um, and then I had to jet off, right? Because I had other meetings, but I was there. Uh, I made myself commit to that. I committed to Felix. I told him I would be there. And I think I think that's a good thing. Make yourself a contract, a commitment for all of those little moments. You don't have to be at the swimming carnival for the whole day. Go for the race, 
be present, see their smile on their face and then go back to work. And that's really what I do. So there, that's kind of how I put guidelines around things. Mm. And like I said for you before, you know, flexibility, let your career and your family responsibilities coexist together. They won't always be linear. It won't always be perfect. But just like I commit to meetings every day in my job, I commit to my kids as well um, where I can. And what about burnout? Do you ever crash and burn or do you put things in place to stop that? I crash and burn all the time, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm literally crawling to the end of the year. I just realised that I haven't had a holiday this year. I don't encourage that, by the way. Mm. I think um, my husband and I were talking about this on the weekend, funnily enough, and um, you have to have milestones. You have to have things to look forward to. It sounds so simplistic. Like we are planning our holiday for next year. We've just had this crazy, crazy year, job change for me, buying a house, selling, like honestly so much has gone on for us this year that we've realised 12 months has gone and we haven't actually had a family holiday, right? Mm-hmm. So we're planning We're planning for next year. Don't crash. Don't burn out. Gosh, when you do that, you're terrible in your job. You're a terrible mum, wife, friend, sister, sister-in-law. Um, plan. I'm a terrible planner but um, I think... <laughs> My advice is get good at it and plan holidays, milestones, things that are set in stone that you can look forward to, that you literally reset your energy. Um, You are no good as a working parent if you are fatigued 12 months of the year. It's the worst thing. Um, It's such a good point because we seem to run on empty so much, but then that will only make you more sick or more tired or more unwell and more unable to contribute to your family and to work anyway. So you're better off taking those little breaks, whatever's realistic for you financially, emotionally, whatever, rather than crashing and burning, as you say. It doesn't need to be an expensive holiday to Disney. Mm. It doesn't, it, like, just take lots of mini breaks. Do whatever resets your energy. And the other thing that I'm obsessed about at the moment is we touched on it before, self-care. Look after yourself. You deserve it. We are all running in seventh gear all day, every day, making sure kids are good, businesses are good, marriages, friendships, petrol's in the car, kids are at, you know, like we are all running at this so hard. We do forget to go, actually, I really do need a little vacation or a little stop down. Treat yourself. Whatever makes you feel good about yourself and like I'm all about the energy, but take care of yourself. I mean, why don't we do that? Um, and I think women, uh, I think we're the worst at it because we're just always on and running. You know what? It's a little bit the hunter and gatherer thing. We are nurturers, so we are always making sure everything is in its place, cared for, good. Like it's exhaustive, um, mm. but take care of yourself. Mm, we're always thinking about other people, aren't we? And I love that you said the petrol in the car because I think it is all of those million little things that add up that will send us to breaking point if we don't take a moment, take a breath and stop for a moment. I have one more question for you, but I'm actually going to make this a two-parter. So firstly, if you could give freshly pregnant Danica some advice about her career and parenting and how to work the two together, what would you say? The first thing I would say is don't overtry too hard to be heroic, right? Don't be heroic. Don't try and think you can do it all. I grew up in an era where this empowerment of women was happening absolutely in the corporate boardrooms, which is wonderful, by the way. Mm. Like, and 
But there was this saying, and I remember it, women can have it all. Mm. And I used to have older colleagues of mine saying that absolutely women can have it all, you can have a career and whatever. The honest answer to that is, and I might offend some people by saying this, Mm. nobody has it all. You cannot have an incredible career without sacrificing something else. Mm. Something has to give. I think Michelle Obama said you ca- you can have it all, but not at the same time. Like Absolutely. at some point you're sacrificing your career at other times, you may be sacrificing some time with your kids, but something has to give and we have to forgive ourselves of that, not try and be 100% in every avenue. And, and, and I see, I mean, I was that person, like just 110% perfect at being a mum and raising small people and 110% perfect at career. They don't intersect like that. And I look back at that when women would say that absolutely women can have it all. It's a philosophy that I don't think stands up. Mm. And I don't think men, I don't think anybody has it all at any one time. And I didn't know that Michelle Obama quote, and I'm I'm loving it. Um, Nothing's linear, like nothing Mm. ebbs, like nothing ebbs at the same time and dips at the same time. Life is full of little um, speed bumps. And I really, I just regret that saying that women can have it all. You can have it all when uh, at those micro moments in your life, but thinking that you can do all those things and be at the top of your game in every aspect of your life, um, I just think overinflates expectations of all. I know it did for me, Mm. but I would say to any woman starting their maternity and career journeys together, be kind to yourself. It is not perfect. There are days where you will feel like a broken human being. And guess what? That is normal. Pat yourself on the back, reset yourself and go again tomorrow and um, have support mechanisms around you at every step of the way, whether it's a husband, a nana or a grandmother, a friend, a neighbor, whatever, just support yourself through it. But I just hate this notion of every woman trying to be overly heroic. You're already a hero by holding down a career and having babies and making the two work together. That in itself is amazing. And I think every woman uh, going through this journey should remind themselves of that. And um, so that's one part. And then for me is the self-care. I was terrible at it. And I think just stop and reflect. You've got, you've got a, you've got babies, enjoy it. Like life is short uh, I, th- you know, once you're out of the toddler stage, geez, it goes quickly, you know? Yeah. So I, I know it's a, it, I sound like my mom, but enjoy it. Absolutely mm. enjoy every moment of it, the good and the bad. And the second part to that, which I actually didn't, uh, I didn't brief you on this question, but I think you'll be okay with it <laughs> is if 18 year old Danica could see what you've done today. How do you think she'd feel? I think she'd be pretty proud. Uh, I think she'd be pretty proud and I think she'd high-five me um, because it's been hard, uh, very worthwhile, but I think she would high-five me and go, well done for getting through it. And I think by baby number two, certainly later on by baby number two and number three, Mm. I learned the art of backing myself in, just back yourself in and support yourself. And I think Mm. 18-year-old Danica would go, that's how you should do it. Not this overly heroic and trying to be perfect in the early stages. When you've got your L plates on, uh, I learned to back myself in and all the things that we talked about, guardrails, guidelines write a contract and commitment to yourself 
And I think, honestly, I don't care if you're the CEO of a bank or a media organization or you're whoever in your career, be as omnipresent as you can in your little kiddies' lives and those special moments because you'll, you'll regret it if you don't. I think she'd give you a couple of high fives too. So I'm glad you said that. And I love the backing yourself in thing because I think particularly women forget to back themselves in. We question ourselves at every step of the way. Um, Danica, thank you so much for this chat. I've really enjoyed it. If people want to find you or your business, where could they go online? Yeah, I love that. And thank you for asking. I mean, I'm just Danica Johnston. You can find me on LinkedIn or social platforms. Uh, I also work in social media, so that's what I do uh, in my corporate life. And I work for an amazing uh, new social app called We Are Eight. So W E A R E, and then the number eight. Uh, and we are a social platform uh, that puts people on planet first, and all creating moments for people to enjoy social media, but then pay pay it forward in terms of charities and impact. So look us up. We're brand new. We've only been in. The, uh, in Australia for four months, but we, um, we're we off on a mission to do uh, social media um, far better. That's where you That's can find amazing. us. Awesome. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Ready or Not. If you liked the show, please tell your friends, subscribe or write a review. You can also find us on Instagram at readyornot.pod. In acknowledging the traditional owners of country throughout Australia, each episode I'll be doing a shout-out to an Indigenous business or charity doing great things. This week it's Aboriginal Art Co, an Aboriginal-led not-for-profit connecting consumers with authentic and ethically sourced Aboriginal art and products. You can find them on Instagram at aboriginalartco.au. That's it for today. We'll see you next time.